God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I got to tell you, the uh, sparks really did fly uh, in the committee, in the Senate committee with Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci. And so we're going to go ahead and take a listen to this um, this exchange between the two. You know, one of the things that's trending around social media is how much Fauci's hands were shaking. We know that the guy freaks out under pressure. You know, he couldn't even throw a baseball, and he practiced to throw that baseball, and he threw it so wildly, ridiculously off-center that you just know this guy isn't ready for prime time. This guy is a choker. This guy has never taken a punch because nobody ever stood up and questioned the ivory tower person. These people that sit behind the ivory tower and rest their laurels on the greatness of the people that preceded them. And they use the branding. They do this at universities all the time. These professors try to assume the mantle of greatness at some of these great Ivy League schools that were once great that have lost their way to the political ideology. And what happens is they end up getting so full of themselves. But when you really put rubber on the rubber meet where the rubber meets the road, they're they're not fully achieving greatness themselves. It it tarnishes the brand over time. You know, when you take a look at, say, Penn University, you know, I uh, have a connection with Penn where I know a lot of people that work there. And, you know, and I see what they do. They they live off the, the Penn brand, you know, that they were the first business school, uh, that they were, you know, they have this great uh, background. And you take the uh, president of Penn, Amy Gutman who was just hired to be the, 
ambassador to Germany. And you wonder, okay, well, they got the Biden Center, and the Biden Center took millions of dollars from China, and Biden got rich off of that deal. And so it was all this branding, you know, through Biden, the Biden Center, China money, and Amy <clears throat> Amy Gutman was right there in the front and center. And yet all these Philadelphians and all these Penn alum love what Amy Gutman was doing for the university. But they don't understand the uh, political ramifications. They just sell out to China, just like any sellout would sell out to anything. And you got this guy named the Secretary of State, Blinken, who's also covering up. The Secretary of State, the State Department is so corrupt and full of libtards. It's not even funny. And you got Secretary Blinken, who is chief responsible for covering up the tracks of the financing from China to the Biden Center at Penn University. And we're supposed to sit back and think, oh, they want the pen. You, you hear about all these crazy stories coming out of Harvard and their connections with China and the Wuhan lab and the sci- their scientists. And you hear about Jeffrey Epstein and his investments in Harvard. Even though he didn't go there, he invested in some, some research there. Again, selling out for money. And these big alums have endowments that are just in the billions. And yet they're still requesting federal grants and funding for all their projects. And it's an old boys club. They did a study. uh, They did a little investigation as to the percentage of Democrat politicians in Washington and their children, and how often they get to go to Harvard. And you take that statistic and you compare it to that of the United States. And it's a much different, uh, much different type of fast track to the Ivy League schools, which are indoctrinating our children and offering up really nothing meaningful. And I would say... When I look back at my education, I I graduated from Old Dominion University, but I spent a short time at Ohio State University, and I also went to a community college there for a little bit before I ended up getting my degree at Old Dominion University, which was a good school, but it wasn't great. I would say some of the most memorable classes I had in literature and elsewhere were at the community college level. Some of the most personalized uh, mentoring and tutelage came from smaller classes at smaller schools like a community college that really made it, you know, an impact on my life. Not a difference or didn't shape the rest of my life, but definitely things I can remember when I look back at my education. It's not necessarily, and one of the worst lectures I ever saw. This professor came down from Yale and came to, you know, grace the the Old Dominion University students with his Yale presence. 
And he gave one of the most cockamamie liberal speeches. One of these speeches was just like, what is he talking about? And I thought, well, you know, in my youth, it must have been me. It must be me. I couldn't possibly understand what this Yale professor must be saying. And as I grow up and I look, uh, as I grew up and I looked back at that, I say, wow, no, that guy was just absolutely a, of a political ideology that I completely and utterly disagreed with. And in hindsight, being 2020 and the 20 years that, you know, surpassed at the moment that I had this thought, it's been longer than that now, but you look back at that and you say, no, he was wrong. He was demonstrably wrong. Time has proven that. So this guy that's sitting there with his Yale accolades was just absolutely off the charts, uh, a radical ideologue, ideologue that didn't get it right. And Fauci and the medical, the medical departments, you know, it's why the medical, medical, you know, our medical uh, infrastructure has been so in the tank for the COVID mandates and draconian mandates without any concern or care for our constitution, which I'm, I worry more and more each day that it's just becoming a, a reference document, a document that has no real teeth anymore because the Democrats keep spitting all over it, trampling all over it with their ridiculous critical race theory, 1619 project, rewriting history, canceling culture, tearing statues down, erasing history. Because for the most part, the Democrats are the ones that were wrong about slavery, right? Slavery wasn't good. Slavery was uh, bad, right? Well, tell that to the Democrats. Uh, tell that to Jefferson Davis. Tell that to uh, the segregationist, George Wallace. Tell that to uh, Joe Biden and, and Hillary Clinton's best buddy, uh, Robert Byrd, the Democrat from West Virginia, who was a KKK grand wizard. There was also a Democrat Senate majority leader at the time. Not too long ago. I mean, you know, maybe, uh, what, 15 years ago he was around. So, I mean... The Democrats have been on the wrong side of history when it comes to race. And yet somehow they've taken the mantle because the Republicans, the rhinos, and the go-along-to-get-along-to-make-a-buck Republicans have sold out the conservative movement because they were so afraid of what the media might say or they were so afraid of being politically incorrect. And then along came Trump who basically smashed, smashed all the water for glass in the cabinet. All the crystal in the cabinet was crushed. Don't touch those areas. Those are, those are the third rail electricity that runs the trains in Washington. And he crushed it. He hit it out of the park. And the mainstream media stopped the White House correspondence dinners stopped all the traditions, stopped all the niceties, and became, you know, basically the wizard behind the curtain that was exposed 
because we got to see all their ugly parts. We got to see their true political identity. These same journalists that used to say that I'm a journalist. I don't bring my politics into my work. Certainly did bring their politics into their work. And they did it on steroids. And these university types of people in the medical fields, in the medical traditions, medical professions, are academics just like, just like the professors with the high degrees. And even the, the lawyers that, that uh, get involved with Washington. They're all part of a club. It's the same club you can go to in most big cities where they have a cigar lounge and a scotch drinking party, you know, where you can have the finest scotches and drink the fine and smoke the finest cigars and sit around in these really grandiose leather chairs and gain access to all kinds of things that only an Ivy Leaguer can dream of. Those people that get to go to the Ivy League schools, they're not any smarter. They just have better connections up the up the um, up the path of the Fortune 500 companies that can afford to pay handsome salaries. And it's a you know, and and the thing is, I could look at it like this, and I can see it for what it is. But do want my am I, I going to bother with asking them for reparations? No. Just because they have it better than me, they had an easier path in life than I did, they make more money than I do, am I going to now somehow work tooth and nail day and night for a reparation, for a handout, to try to equal some sort of playing field? No. Why would I do that? Because I already know that the playing field would never be level. That's the... That's the beauty and the and the problem, depending on how you look at it, about that notion that Reagan came up with, about lowering the taxes, stimulating the economy, and rising that harbor. Rising a rising harbor raises all ships. Have you ever heard that one? A rising harbor raises all the ships, all the boats in the in the dock. Wow, how great is that? And the Republicans and the conservatives and the mindset there would say, well, that's great. Everybody benefits by this. Probably proportionately, maybe disproportionately. But does it even matter? If the rich guy got rich double, doubly rich, and the poor guy got rich 40%, not double, but he's still better off than he was yesterday, Maybe that is a better solution. But the Democrats are so afraid of this disproportion. And they, they pee all over the whole pot. You know, they contaminate the whole well. Uh, and they, they poison the whole well because they don't want that policy that raises. They want to, they want, you know, it's the difference between equity and equality. And what they want to do is they want to, level that playing field and the playing field's never going to be level it will never ever be level because 
what's rich today was is poor to, what's poor today is rich tomorrow or the vice versa what's rich today is poor tomorrow i mean it used to be that poverty was real poverty where you ate bugs once every other day um now you know poverty is something where you could have a cell phone and and uh you could have a smartphone and you can have subsidized housing and that's poverty you know when people are using their uh $900 cell phone to uh check into something uh and still proclaiming poverty you know i i read this meme where it was talking about poverty is not when you have an ebt card you know a food stamps card we don't even have paper food stamps anymore that was too embarrassing for people i guess and so you know they they created a more anonymous way to buy your food so as to you know not you know i mean it's part of that embarrassment maybe that makes you want to get off uh, off the couch up on your feet and and out the door to work. Maybe it's just an added incentive for some people. But when you're actually checking your EBT balance with your $900 smartphone, I just don't see the logic there. Do you? Or when you, you're um, an illegal and you're coming through the southern border and you're granted a smartphone because you don't feel like wearing a ankle bracelet for tracking you, I think that's also a little bit askew. You know, spending other people's money, right? And whose money are you spending? You're spending the middle class taxpayers' money. So we're going to play this Rand Paul clip where he pushes back against the ivory tower. Let's take a listen. Uh, Because um, we're going to listen to a longer whole clip that you may not have heard. And here we go. Dr. Fauci, as you are aware, it is a crime to lie to Congress. Section 1001 of the U.S. Criminal Code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to Congress. On your last trip to our committee on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet... Gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask unanimous consent to insert into the record the Wuhan virology paper entitled Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-Related Coronaviruses. Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Xi credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH. In this paper, she took two bat coronavirus genes, spike genes, and combined them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then shown to replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals but not humans to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells. Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. 
This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress. Microphone, Your microphone. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals, and they increase their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for 4 million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. And let's let Dr. Fauci. I have to, well, now you're getting into something. If the point that you are making is that the, the, the grant that was funded as a sub-award from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2. That's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It did I come can from the lab, but all you. the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab, you, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the right. lab, including yourself. I totally This committee resent, will allow the witness to respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That you is can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. I'm Senator not Paul, obfuscating the truth. Senator you're Paul's the one. Time is expired, but I will allow the witness to. Let me just finish. I want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists. 
those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. Cause the pandemic. We're saying they are gain-of-function yeah. viruses because they were They're animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you and admit the truth. And you implying, Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent and that. Have and if anybody and is lying been. here, Senator, it is you. Uh, Senator Smith. Thank you, Doctor. Wow. So Fauci was shaken up by that. Shake, his hands were shaky. His hands were trembling. And it didn't go unnoticed. I mean, people were noticing that. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because uh, then um, Rand Paul went on some of the talk shows and basically said, you know, he's going to uh, request charges. He's going to request charges on this. Um, and I was trying to find that clip. Uh, it's a Hannity uh, clip. But speaking of Hannity, Hannity, wow, sort of selling out, selling out um, the conservative movement, really, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah, I was trying to find it. I didn't, I, I don't have what I was looking for. Um, but yeah, so Hannity was basically saying, I'm a big truster of the science and I, uh, I think that you know people should get the uh, uh, people should get the vaccine and so on and so forth. Let's see if this is the this is the one. Yeah, right here. Let's take a listen to this. Just like we've been saying, please. Just like we've been saying, please take COVID seriously. I can't say it enough. Enough people have died. We don't need any more death. Research like crazy. Talk to your doctor, your doctors, medical professionals you trust based on your unique medical history, your current medical condition, and you and your doctor make a very important decision for your own safety. Take it seriously. You also have a right to medical privacy. Doctor-patient confidentiality is also important. And it absolutely makes sense for many Americans to get vaccinated. I believe in science. I believe in the science of vaccination. Just like we've been saying, so please take. I, uh, I I also believe in being skeptical, and the uh, the point that he's the point that he's uh, making here is 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 not he he's not questioning some of the things he should be questioning. Like for example, he wasn't privileged to this information, perhaps, but. This was just in as of as of this morning. CDC has added 6,000 new death re, death reports in the VARs following COVID-19 vaccinations in the US. This is more than double last week's total figure and it's 0.0036% of the approximate 338 million administered doses. And you know the thing is is that there's probably going to be more. There's already all of these. And, and and how much do we need it? When there's zero deaths, John Hopkins came out with a new report. Zero deaths 
among young people. And then who was responsible for blocking ivermectin and blocking hydroxychloroquine, uh, setting out those guidances so that governors of Nevada and governors of Michigan, Whitmer, you know, would ban these types of life-saving therapeutics that would prevent you from getting on a ventilator and, and, and perhaps dying. Uh, and and uh, wh- where was the science when it came to if we were to take ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for weeks prior to the pandemic, that we would have been probably a safe, the safest country in the world. And so there was a lot of science behind all that too. And the same people that you know are lying to you about the rigged elections and same people that are censoring you and the same people that are silencing you, you have to question what they're selling now, right? They're selling vaccine passports because they want to get to 70%. They're at 49% right now. Fully vaccinated, 49%, a measly 49%. And the reason why they want to get it higher is what I've been saying for a long time, and it just makes business sense, that if you, if you don't have 70%, you, you're not going to get the corporations to do your dirty work for you. That's what I keep writing. I keep writing about this, and I keep saying it. And it's, it's what's going on, in my opinion, that's so clear to me, that what's happening in our country is that... The liberals are who are pushing this vaccine, and there's states that are banning vaccines, and there's other states that are pushing vaccines, and they're all uh, it's divided down political ideological lines. And what I'm afraid is going to happen number one is the segregation of our society, where if I go out and I travel out west to Oregon or somewhere and I want to hang out with some friends and we want to go to a concert I want to travel all that way and I'm not going to be allowed to go on the concert because their state says I need a vaccine passport and I don't have one because I don't have the vaccine and then there's going to be another one that's going to say something different if I'm a businessman in Missouri where I don't need a vaccine passport where vaccine passports have been banned and I go to Oregon to meet with a client in Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm not allowed to go up the build into the building to meet them. I have to meet them in the park somewhere. And then I'm not allowed to get back on the plane to get back home. That's vaccine passport segregation. Uh, pretty much brought about brought to you by the the same people that love to love segregation, whether it's Black Lives Matter segregation or it's the liberals who've always segregated, like George Wallace from the 60s, the Democrat governor from Alabama. You know, it's all of this segregated. They've always segregated. I I make this claim, and I'm the only one that does it, really. First-class passengers. What's that about? That's segregating social classes. That's, That's segregating classes in and of itself. So we have these segregation going on. And it seems to be like a liberal thing that segregation is part of who they are. 
It's the haves and the have-nots. It's the poor and the rich. It's the blacks and the whites. Why do you think it is that the Democrats always look at skin color? They always look at poor. They always look at, say, the poor or the black uh, can't figure out how to get a registration to vote. That you're suppressing, you're hurting the little people. How do you know? Oh, because I'm the rich, smart person that knows all, right? Somehow they know the plight of a poor person. Yet in our country, in our history, so many great, talented people have risen up and achieved great things coming from extreme poverty. You know, you hear these stories from the great generation. And they used to tell stories about how they didn't have a pot to pee in. Yet they grew to be celebrities like Frank Sinatra or something like that. You know, great stories to learn by and to live by. Those are great stories. Those are inspirational stories. Hard work pays off. Do you know how often that happens in America? A lot. And I watch these stories on YouTube all the time. The great athletes. Speaking of great athletes, the women's soccer team is not one of them. Breaking news, folks. They just lost three to nothing in China or in Japan. I mean, the Olympics, I didn't even know it started. Did you? (laughs) Did you know the Olympics started? I didn't know. I love the Olympics, too. I follow the Olympics. I was actually thinking about going to Tokyo when we were in uh, Budapest to see the world championships in 2018. We met up with some friends who said, we're going to go to Oslo, Norway next year to the World Championships for Wrestling, USA Wrestling. And I thought, maybe I'll do that. And then I wanted to go to Tokyo. And, you know, the pandemic, they don't even have an audience, I don't believe, in Tokyo now. It's a mess. COVID's ruined everything. These mandates and lockdowns. Yet, I, you know, I'm seeing these big, huge crowds You know, these crowds of people uh, that are rising up against the COVID mandates and things. And you're not hearing of any spikes. And the spikes you do hear could be coming from the southern border. Someone suggested that some of the spiked cities where they're showing spikes, they're all liberal cities, but they're, they're spiked. They're saying it could very well be that that's where they're flying that's where the our u.s armies taking illegals and flying them to, to their destination of choice for free i don't know where that military's job is to do that but it's biden's military right now i guess and they're getting on these planes in laughlin air force base being flown all over the place and that's where the spikes are because people are coming not even just from the triangle not even from Honduras and El Salvador and Colombia. They're coming from the Middle East and they're coming from Africa. I mean, it looks like the United Nations down along the southern border. It's the first time we've ever seen that. And just remember, just imagine that you have a little clicker. Every time someone walks through the turnstile, you click it and you say, that's a vote denied you and your friend and your other friend, and your next friend, and your co-worker. 
boom, boom, boom. Keep clicking your thumb on that button. Because every single time, one of these millions of people now that are coming through our southern border, it's wiping out and neutralizing your vote. Because their vote neutralizes your vote. Their vote is as equal as your vote. You've Never mind the fact that you've been paying taxes for the last 40 years. Never mind that. This person from Zimbabwe comes over, can't speak English, and is going to be somehow granted a license to vote, and they're going to be equal to your vote. They don't even know where they are. But they're going to drive a lift to your next destination because Valerie Jarrett is at the, on the board of Lyft, and she's going to see to it that all these refugees and all these illegals are going to find work in America. <clears throat> Why? Because Obama told her to do it. That's why. Valerie Jarrett was the right-hand man for Obama. She was the secret weapon, the secret sauce. Susan Rice as well. And they're all running the show right now. As is Obama, the puppet master to Biden, being the puppet. And don't think for one second that Vladimir Putin doesn't see and know what's going on. And President Xi knows what's going on. But we also know that they've been selling out. They sold out with the Biden Center, like I mentioned earlier in the show. I mentioned a whole bunch of other things, too. But one nice thing is, and and how horrible is it that we're actually rooting against our women's soccer team? We're rooting against it. I, I didn't even know the Olympics started. The Olympics used to be something really special. It used to bring countries together. And now we don't even support our own country, our own soccer team, because they spit all over our American flag and they took a knee for our national anthem. And they have this stupid jersey that says Black Lives Matter on it. It's just such a dumb concept. When everybody knows all lives matter. And that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist joke. That burns buildings down. That tears statues down. They don't even know who they're tearing down. I remember seeing uh, news stories where they're tearing down a statue. um, And the statue is of a guy that tried to abolish slavery. And Black Lives Matter, so, so ignorant to the facts that they're tearing that statue. The wrong statue. Changing the name on schools from Washington to something else. You better believe it's going to be some radical socialist Marxist. It's crazy stuff that we're living through right now. But the uh, Hannity got it wrong with regard to the trusting the science blindly like he did. The CDC added 6,000 6, new deaths. That This is not all what it's cracked up to be. The VARS numbers are updated weekly. The CDC has not yet com- commented on whether this high jump compared to previous weeks is due to a backlog or actual reporting cases. So it's very disturbing. But there's a lot more going on these days. You know, Sean Davis writes about the FBI, and he says, 
just like what happened with the Bundy family in Oregon, we'll eventually learn that the Capitol riots were initiated by the FBI. The corrupt FBI creates crimes to use against its political enemies and ignores crimes committed by its political allies. So Disclosed TV writes, Just in, FBI informants were involved in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot to kidnap Michigan's governor, Whitmer, starting with its inception, and that's according to BuzzFeed. So BuzzFeed News writes this article. It says, Watching the Watchmen. The Michigan kidnapping case is a major test for the Biden administration's commitment to fighting domestic terrorism and a crucible for the fierce... And this, you know, BuzzFeed's liberal, right? So it goes into talking about what's behind Governor Whitmer's kidnapping or alleged kidnapping attempt. And you got the FBI, you know, in charge of this January 6th thing. And, um, you know, uh, there are memes flying all around, like everybody knows what's going on, right? You got cities on fire across the country and not one arrest, you know? And then you get uh, a guy that's waving a flag, singing the national anthem, taking a selfie in the Capitol for 10 minutes, gets eight months in prison. That doesn't make any sense, does it? Meanwhile, we have election fraud. Because when you have a party that's committing tyranny, you have election fraud. That's the only way they could win. And it's a temporary. It's temporary. You know, yesterday I was alluding to the idea that there's a race going on. And the race is, uh, well, it's it's a race against time. And what's happening is we have the uh, election fraud that was rolled out there. I would say it started in 2012. I think it I think it definitely started under the Obama regime when he weaponized the IRS and shut down conservative groups and then when he used homeland security to uh defund cities that didn't buy into Uh, sanctuary cities. And if you think about it, you can trace all these things to election fraud. The sanctuary cities were designed to provide cover for the illegal voters that were about to happen. I can make that argument. Prove me wrong. And all those people that were being imported in. And as I said, you know, you need, you can't, in QuickBooks, you can't create an invoice without an account. You can't create a registra- re- voter registration without a human head, without some sort of DNA associated with it. And so you get that. So, you know, Obama started the ball rolling with his Chicago-style corrup- corruption. And in 2012, nobody dreamt that he could beat Mitt Romney at the time. And he won. And uh, in a, in a, I think, a fraudulent election, I think that was just the baby steps. I, I think that they miscalculated the power and the thrust of Donald Trump in 2016. They didn't have the algorithm right, and they messed up. Nobody thought that 
Hillary was going to lose. Everybody thought that Trump was going to lose. They never thought he would win. And then every single day, they they waged war against the Trump administration. And you know we've never we, we've never done that. Remember in the wake of the 2016 election, there was uh, fires being set in the streets. Limos were on fire. There was rioting in the streets associated with Trump getting elected because the Democrats knew this was going to be a huge hit for them. And they did take a hit. Trump worked overtime, and he worked hard, and he worked smart, and he did a lot of great things for America. But four years is not enough, and our political adversaries know that. And they know that if they could just, you know, when you have people like John Kerry telling Zarif over in Iran, don't worry about the JCPOA, we're going to reverse it once we get back in power. This is going to be a temporary. We're going to impeach him. And if we can't impeach him, it's only going to be another year. Just, just, we got this. We're rigging it. We're fixing it. And of course, it's that radical swing because our country, you know, is that divided right now. And we have the corrupt liberals that cheat all the time. And we have the conservatives that just basically take it on the chin. And 2018, there's no way that Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters were winning back the House and Senate. There's just no way that they could do that. They won back the House as a result of election rigging. And I believe that's why Kirsten Nielsen lost her job, because she didn't, Homeland Security was in charge of that. And she didn't do a good job, or she was outwitted, but she got fired. Because that was the beginning of hell for the Donald Trump uh, administration with one impeachment hoax after another. And they went like gangbusters on steroids. But normally you'd have a a free press that would police against that. And it wouldn't be able to be perpetuated like that. But because of the fake news and the mainstream media hating Trump just as much as the Adam Schiff's of the world, You had all these investigations, these frivolous things by Jerry Nadler, who can't even see straight. This guy can't even complete a sentence. And somehow he's the he was the head of the Judicial Committee. Absolutely absurd. It's a coup against our country. We are in a civil war. And that's where it's been for a long time. And we just have to rise up. We have to fight hard. And we have to get on top of it. These, these rigged elections are causing these huge swings in American policy. And our adversaries like Putin and Xi, Jinping and Iran are, are all exploiting this Achilles heel of ours. And they're saying, okay, we could just wait it out. We don't have to sit down for phase one, phase two trade deal if you're China with Trump. It's going to cost us a lot of money and level the playing field and make America rich again, make America great again. But see, when you have an American president, you want somebody to negotiate on your behalf. Just like if you have a lawyer, you don't want them fighting for the other team. You want them to fight for you. That's what you're paying them for. That's what we're paying our politicians for. It's no different than a retainer with an attorney that you want to have fight tooth and nail for your best interest. Your representative. It certainly isn't the women's soccer team who just lost three to nothing in the first day of the Olympics. They're going to be out. And thank goodness. 
But you know what? It, it breaks my heart that I actually feel compelled. Not even compelled. I feel it's just, you know, you ever wonder why it is that you like one team over another? And right now, I'm happy that they lost. I'm not. I, normally, I would love to be the guy that says, I'm happy that US, Team USA won the women's soccer team. And I would love for those girls to have such a great dream of representing such a great country. But instead, they take a knee for our national anthem. They wear Black Lives Matter jerseys and they spit all over our flag. And then they lie to you about it and say, no, that's not what we're doing. Because they know right from wrong. They know what's right. They know what's wrong. Let me read something positive. You know, I did receive an email yesterday from someone who basically loves the show, but said, I need to keep, I need to spruce things up and make things a little bit more positive. And that's true. I've, I, uh, I've had conversations with people where I'm sharing them with them my thoughts and they're like, wow, I almost feel like I want to cry. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I didn't want to make you cry, you know, feel like you wanted to cry. Um, I want to keep it positive if I can. But I also want to um, present to you how these things are connected. Because I think if we look at each each particular thing, that's exactly what they want us to do. They want us to look at this, and then they want us to look at that, but they don't want us to see how this and that are connected together and how one feeds the other and how at the end of the uh, road, there's going to be a whole apparatus in place because this, that, and the other are going to be a formidable foe. This uh, Jason Kristoff wrote this. He says, you can see lots of people today in a, a spiritual conflict. They know something isn't right, but the only skill they've ever learned was being agreeable. Being people, being a people pleaser and following the herd. They have no experience in doing what's right, especially if, it's, if it places them in harm's way. You know these folks when you meet them. They have no fire. They have no soul. They know it. You know it. Great human lions tricked into thinking they're lambs. And that's really the globalist mantra when you think about what they're trying to do. You know, like when they create, created that war in Syria and uh, the natural impact was that you had all these refugees Germany ended up benefiting from all those refugees coming in and doing, you know, and doing the agricultural work and building the machinery and working in the factories for less wages. And they ended up getting involved with the gig economy and stimulating the GDP and growing their population, which was deteriorating because the secular society uh, that was going on in Germany uh, was having not enough children. The secularists who lost their faith in Christianity and God were having less children. They weren't even getting married. They weren't building a family unit. And their children's offspring was an average of like 1.2 children when you needed like 2.1 to grow a population health in a healthy way. 
So, you know, there are these numbers that they these demographic experts have, and they weren't meeting the standard. There wasn't enough young workers to pay for the social welfare programs that Germany had in place for their elderly. Just like our social security system is going broke, we need more people to pay in, but we don't need people to come into our border and then take their cash that they earn here and send it back home to their country. Trump put a stop to that, and Biden reversed it. So does Biden really have any any interest in your Social Security well-being? Not really, if he allows that to happen. Because if you are going to have that burden of all these illegals that don't speak English working in our country, at least let them produce some value, pay some taxes, and put it back into the Social Security program that we have that's going broke. That'd be one thing. But Biden reversed that Trump order as well. But that importing is, is what globalists do. They, they could start a war and benefit from the refugees that they created themselves. If they would have just left well enough alone, they, Syria and whoever else could have figured out their own problems. But instead, they meddled in other people's business and ended up benefiting by taking their most productive workers right out from under them, called them refugees, and said, we need to help these people. Well, no, they were really helping themselves, weren't they? And when we open up our borders, not only are we importing a vote that neutralizes your vote, the middle-class worker that's paying their taxes for all this nonsense to happen, but we're also importing slave labor markets that China can't answer. Meanwhile, the corporations that sponsor this and support it are granted a green light to access China's slave labor markets with the manufacturing imports. So China can do it cheaper and better, uh, cheap not better, but cheaper than we could ever dream of doing it. They have 1.5 billion people as a commodity. People, a human toe is a commodity. Anyway, they do that, and we still need people to wash the, uh, you know, we may buy our dishwasher from China, and that's manufactured there on the cheap, but we need somebody to run the dishwasher here in the kitchen, in the restaurant, and that's where we need slave labor markets coming through our southern border, you see. And so it's all about slave labor, and globalists have been doing this since the beginning of time. And that brings us to the end of our show. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm going to encourage you to visit buglecall.org and magapack.org for our nonprofit arm of our America First uh, agenda to make America great again. And be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to their knees.